0: Love Talk Radio My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy In the land of the free Now this nation that I Attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, Man, we lit up your world like the Fourth that you Good day to all of you. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful, sunny New Braunfels, Texas, Republic There of, I'm going solo today. The guys are busy. Uh, Nick's a little under the weather. Uh, Chris, I believe, has an event out at the church, and of course, plans to be, I'm sure, a very busy day over at the McQueenie Gun Club. Hey, it's the name of the sponsor, and the name of the show is The Vigilant American, brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club and the Nelly firearms. Get over there when you can and check out the Ethos line of Benelli shotguns. Progressive comfort, beautifully figured, cycles through the lightest loads, improved ergonomics, just a beautiful, beautiful shotgun. Uh, Benelli, just gorgeous, gorgeous rendering of shotguns. I encourage you to get over there and check out them and all of the great firearms and guns over at the McQueenie Gun Club had a great week, was up in Dallas, Texas at the Galleria for a big corporate event that I do in the other uh, part of my life. Um, I'm a professional speaker by trade, and I perform with two musicians. We had about 500 people from um, First National Bank of Texas, and it was awesome, loud, crazy, uh, exciting event. And then on Wednesday, a real treat uh, for somebody that does interviews uh, in the other part of my life as a podcaster and broadcaster, had the opportunity to interview Mr. Dan Cathy, who is the CEO of Chick-fil-A Incorporated, the entire Chick-fil-A worldwide. Dan Cathy was up at the West Point Village Chick-fil-A and the manager up there, Hal Leedy, called me and said, Hey, I would like to interview the CEO of Chick-fil-A. And since we do a a podcast for across cross-Lutheran church and school once a week, I said, Hey, that would be a great, great interview and if you want to hear that um just check it out you can find it on my website which is eloquentonline.net just look for the one that says crosscast CEO Chick-fil-A Dan Cathy you can hear it right there on the side you can find it on Facebook I'm not a big Facebook guy but we're gonna talk about Facebook today. I'm sure you heard the news. Um the name of the show today common Sense. And I do, I do mean uh, – I guess I'm thinking that in air quotes, common sense. No, no, matter, no matter what seems to occur uh, here in the United States, there seems to be an erosion of common sense. And um, the words taken right from – and speaking of Facebook, speaking of social media, this was the first viral sensation in American history. Thomas Paine, this guy just comes to America, hadn't been here all that long, but he got it right away. And in an opening paragraph of Common Sense, he writes, A long habit of thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right, and raises at first a formidable outcry in defense of custom, but the tumult soon subsides. Time makes more converts than a reason. Well, we'll see. (laughs) We will see. Um, Not just Facebook. You don't have to look too far. Um, Mentioned it briefly uh, last week. I've got a a friend that I used to host a show called One City Under God. In fact, we're on that channel now. We don't do that show anymore, but we're on that channel. Uh, The gun show is on that channel now. And um, up at Baylor, which is, of course, a private university and can opt out of open carry and she said it was a very, very one-sided debate, and the students are in favor of it, the uh, academics and the professors, the smart people who often lack common sense – hey, that's the name of the show uh, – are not in favor of it. And uh, I was a little disappointed, to be perfectly honest about it, uh, in Baylor. And so, um, But not far from here, right up 35, up at UT, there's a professor who's basically saying, hey, I'm willing to go to court. I'm going to go to court. I'm, I'm not going to let people come into my classroom and carry guns. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit as well. And, of course, the Facebook stuff, um, keep you up to date on all the great things that are happening out at the McQueenie Gun Club. Um, always love doing this show. This is something that I am just singularly passionate about and the reason we moved this over to the One City Under God uh channel is because I do believe that um you know this goes way back was it the two thousand and eight campaign when the president when he was a candidate talked about people bitterly clinging to their Bibles and their and their rifles or their Bibles and their guns. Well that's how this country was established by the way. Um, there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of history in America, um, we would not have professors up at UT threatening to flaunt a law enacted by duly elected legislators were it not for people who clung desperately to their Bibles and their guns and made this country safe for I guess what now passes for a democracy or a representative republic under which we're all living. I think this erosion of common sense is reaching a tipping point. I think that's why you see uh, the candidates that are leading in their respective primaries, because people simply look at a generation of insanity and think what Thomas Paine wrote about, that time makes more converts than a reason. So we'll talk about that, and we'll do it all right after this. Only got one shot. Gonna take it now. Going all in. Gonna make it count. Won't look back. Gonna set my high. There ain't no practice runs in life. This. Is- He is right. Thank you. Welcome back. My name is Jason Dice. You're listening to the Vigilant American brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club and Benelli firearms. Make sure you get on over to the range today. We're open today and tomorrow. I think 12 to 6 on Sunday and 10 to 7 today. Of course, close on Monday. Uh, everyone needs a day off to take a break. And uh, so don't go out there on Monday. Don't go out there looking for us on Monday. No one will be there. But any other time of the week, you want to come ask questions. You've got questions about um, a license to carry, um, open carry, you will not find a more accommodating and friendly group of folks over there, Matt and Nick and Chris and Reed and Jason, the other Jason, no, the better looking Jason uh than me. You can find them all over there at the gun club. Right? Let's talk about this. Oh, and that's the other thing. When I went up to Dallas, you know, this I drove. I didn't fly. And you know, it's just such a much better experience for me. I mean, nothing happened to me. I never felt like I was in a situation where I was in danger. Um, but at least I was able to have my sidearm with me on the trip up and on the trip back. And I don't get that when I have to fly places. I'm totally and completely disarmed when I fly, although I have figured out a way to um, smuggle a pocket knife onto the plane by wrapping it in my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, watch. I have a Pittsburgh Steelers watch that I love, and it's metal, and I simply just wrap it right around the, the blade. It's never been detected, so um, don't turn me in. Uh, I'll simply plead ignorance to the law. Well, Let's talk about pleading ignorance to the law. This guy can't do it. The Nobel uh, laureate Stephen Weinberg, UT Austin professor, uh, basically said, and I quote, I will put it into my syllabus that the class is not open to students carrying guns. I may wind up in court. I'm willing to accept that possibility. UT Austin, Professor Stephen Weinberg. Um, this is just ridiculous. First of all, um, Professor Weinberg, it's not your class. Okay, the, the University of Texas is owned by the citizens of the state of Texas, who, by the way, went to the polls and elected people to do certain things. Now, not far from where you're teaching whatever it is you teach up at UT, uh, there is a place called Killeen, Texas, where we've had two very, very well-publicized mass shootings, one at the Luby's restaurant and, of course, one at, uh, at Fort Hood. And um, I, I thought the Luby's thing was a tipping point where common sense time makes more converts than reason finally came into focus. And people said, hey, wait a minute. Most average Texans will stop and help you if your car breaks down. Most average Texans, if they see you walking along the road with a gas can in your hand, might say, hey, jump in the back of the pickup truck. Uh, let me see your hands. But you know, most, most people are carrying C-A-R-I-N-G, caring and accommodating kind people. Most of your neighbors, most of your friends, most of the people you see at the grocery store, at church, at school – decent people. And what we found out after the Luvies shooting was that being decent wasn't good enough, that you had to prepare and be vigilant about the possibility that some nut job would drive his truck into a restaurant where you and your family were trying to enjoy a Luann platter um, with some, you know, decent food and a sweet tea. And very few people that woke up that that morning uh, realized that was going to be the last meal they ever ate. And so he said, "Hey, wait a second. We we need to rethink this and let people that want to um, concealed carry uh, a, a gun. And of course, you know the same people. This guy I don't know if he was teaching at UT. There, was probably one of the same um, uptight academic NPR-listening, white wine-sipping liberals." Uh, That they have up in Austin who said way back when that concealed carry would lead to an increase in people shooting each other for being in the checkout line at HEB with 15 items uh, when they were in the 10 item item or less lane. It never came to fruition. These uh, people and academics are almost never right about these things. But what I find interesting is that he said, I will put it in my syllabus that the class is not open to students. Carrying guns. Like I said, I don't know what he teaches. I mean, it's UT. It could be anything. You know, I went to the University of Texas at San Antonio and got a degree in American history and never, ever talked about American history. It was all about how the Civil War impacted left-handed women working on farms in southwest Ohio, the economic plight of Hispanics during the Civil War. I mean, it was just, just activism. You know, uh, one of the things that I struggle with, even here at home, is, you know, um, my son is in high school in his freshman year. And so now the possibility of college, which used to seem like just so far down the road, is now something that we're thinking about. He went up and toured Texas State University two weeks ago. And, you know, it it just seems to me sometimes that, you know, the the whole point of college is of professors like this and elsewhere – are going to try to undo in four years what parents have spent 18 years instilling in their young people, and uh, it's it's just an amazing thing to behold. I don't know if this guy's a law professor um, or what. I didn't take time. I just saw the story and thought, you know, one more knucklehead who's going to try to uh, try to you know, overturn the law that is not overturn it, but willing to take it to court because that's the only place where these people have ever been successful. Uh, most of the things that drive you crazy, most things that you go, how in the world did we vote for this? You didn't actually vote for it. A um, bunch of guys uh, in robes, whether it's at the federal level or state level, the circuit level, they're the ones that decided things. You didn't, you didn't vote for it. You, Texans vote for things that make good common sense. Hey, it's the name of the show again. Um, and, and we have done that, I believe, as a state uh, recently, better than other states, to be perfectly honest with you you take a look at two states with very very similar characteristics in terms of history california and texas both were at one time uh, states of mexico northern mexico both were their own independent republics for about a decade both have um, just a natural abundance of natural beauty and natural resources but look at the history in the past two generations. California is a star-craving mess, and Texas is possibly the most prosperous state um, in the entire universe. And so it's hard to argue with the decisions that Texas voters have been making. Well, Texas voters voted for open carry, and uh, or at least voted for people that would support it. And now you've got this guy, and he won't be the last one Trust me, this guy will be hailed as a hero uh, amongst his fellow academic uh, knuckleheads, uh, but again, just one more person trying to erode the rights of free men and women to protect themselves. I'll never, ever understand. This is the kind of guy you'd walk up to and say, oh, what would you do if somebody you know, ran into your classroom and, and started shooting up the place? Well, the first thing he would probably do is run away. These down at the bottom of the pit, i me and probably run off the stage and and be okay. Uh, it's going to be somebody in the class that's going to stand up and, and defend the people in that classroom. So anyway, just you know, who knows. Um, speaking of uh, – for those of you that don't like social media, I'm 48, not a huge fan of it. I do realize it has to be used for things. Um, I have a Twitter account and uh, stuff like that, not on Instagram, not on Snapchat. I mean, if you were on every social media platform, it would be 1130 in the morning by the time you ever got to work doing anything. And I don't have all that stuff on my phone because I'm really just not all that interested in it. But anyway, our good buddies at Facebook are banning private sales of guns on its flagship social network Facebook and its Instagram photo sharing service reported by the New York Times a movement to clamp down on unlicensed gun transactions such as – who knows? I did not know. I have never once gone on Facebook looking for a gun. Candidly, didn't even know you could do that. Now, I'm sure, um, as the McQueeny Gun Club does, I'm sure all gun clubs and ranges have a, a Facebook page. Um, but this is just, again, um, incrementalism. All right? You know, I talked about it earlier. Um, how do we get to where we are? How do you, I was I was I forgot who I was telling this, but I mean i like I said I'm 48. Just one generation ago, right down the road in Live Oak, Texas, down 35, over by you know Live Oak, the one by shirts and Selma. Uh, I went to school at Crestview Elementary, and sixth grade I stood up in front of all the parents and students as Joseph, and uh, Gina Jones was Mary, and it was the manger and we sang a little song, and it was called the Christmas program, and nobody said a word. Nobody minded. Nobody protested. Nobody threatened the school with a lawsuit for celebrating Christmas at a school where probably 99.9% of the students and parents were Christians. Incrementally, however, it just started to go away. Well, we can't do that. We have to call it a holiday celebration, a winter celebration, and then a um, a a winter soon to be Ramadan, soon to be Kwanzaa, but not as much Christmas um, evening with. Our students. It just amazes me uh, that the incrementalism continues in 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 the face of common sense. I mean, there's never, um, there can be no doubt now. There can be no doubt that the erosion of our Judeo-Christian culture has a direct connection to the increase in the problems that we see in our country. And if you don't believe that, Um, contact the gun club. You're welcome to come on the radio show anytime, and we can have a very, very respectful debate. I'm going to try to find this guy uh, from UT, uh, Dr. Weinberg, Professor Weinberg, and see if he'll come on. I guarantee you they won't. They never, ever want to have an honest conversation about anything. This guy's used to standing in front of students and just saying whatever he wants, whether it makes any sense or not. So anyway, back to Facebook. So Facebook um, is is deciding that uh, they will no longer be allowing you to to do private gun sales on their social networks. And their attorney, uh, Eric T. Schneiderman, who is a big-time anti-gun attorney in New York, said today's announcement is another positive step toward our shared goal of stopping illegal online gun sales once and for all. Well, not sure about that. I'm not sure how many illegal gun sales were going on on Facebook to begin with. Um, So Facebook has capitulated. And again, they're in a unique situation because you can't really do a mass shooting on Facebook. It's on your computer. So um, no common sense uh, with those guys, no common sense. (laughs) Well, look at that. New York, California, and Austin. It makes perfect sense that we would find a lack of common sense. Look, first of all, I wouldn't recommend that you buy a firearm on Facebook anyway. I would recommend that you go to the McQueenie Gun Club and talk to somebody there about firearms and talk to somebody there about guns and make a legitimate, you know, uh, transaction. You wouldn't have to worry about it. You know, you would would know that you're dealing with professional people. You would know that you're dealing with uh, a reputable gun dealer, which is exactly what the McQueenie Gun Club is. But again, it makes them feel better. It makes Professor Weinberg feel better to stand up and give a press, um, you know, to get his face in the news and to get his name in the newspaper, basically saying that he's going to um, stand in the way of what is the decision of the electorate. And this is somebody who probably looks for um, legal loopholes and everything else in the world except for this. It is just. It is. It is just a failing of common sense. What you have to understand is that myself and Nick and Chris and Matt and Reed and Jason and those guys at the gun club that walk around all day with a pistol uh, shoved in their waistband, you're considered the gun nuts. You're the problem. You, who had you been… In that Luby's restaurant or on board those airplanes on September 11th and been allowed to carry your weapons responsibly would have changed the dynamic of those situations. And it's, again, just another failing of common sense. Um, Reed mentioned on the show a few weeks back something about the AR. Uh, a lot of people uh, are, are laboring under the misconception that the, you know, the, the AR style of rifle stands for assault rifle. It's not, and he was absolutely right. I've got to get him back on the show and explore this a little bit more it Is it days sporting. Rifle, And I know from personal experience, having been uh, in the Army, I was in the infantry. I was not a cook. I was not a driver. I was not a an accountant. I was in the real Army, as we called it, the trigger pullers, 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry, uh, served in Desert Storm, uh, know a lot about this kind of stuff. But the, the M-16 and the and those aren't really… Um, assault rifles, like you, when you hear, and the AR stands for Armalite. First of all, not assault rifle, but the the selection of the M16 uh, by the military and the M4 uh, was based almost exclusively on the Army's desire to have a rugged, reliable weapon that could accurately put rounds downrange. And hit targets. The the assault rifles and, and the rifles used to suppress enemy positions were in those days the M60. Then we got the saw in the 1980s, the M249 saw. But the, the, you know, ever since the 18th century, military rifles have always. Come from military advancements. You know, the flint lock becomes the muzzle loader, the muzzle loader becomes the, 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 the bolt action, um, the bolt action becomes the repeating life. Well, of course, in the 1930s, the federal government realized maybe giving people access to machine guns isn't such a great idea. So after 1934, you couldn't just run out and buy a Tommy gun from Sears and a I can say that might make some common sense as well. But the simple reality is there is so much misinformation. Out there, I simply believe the world is split into two different types of personalities. And guys that you meet over at the gun club, we're survivors. You know, we're the hunters and the gatherers. And then there's this other um, genetic makeup of people who are simply willing to accept whatever happens to them in life. And look at Matt Matt's a risk taker, he opens up the gun club, he's an entrepreneur. Um, you know, a lot of us over there are also self-employed in other ventures, and it's just a different kind of personality. And, uh, again, it just it irritates me that people like Steven Weinberg, professor at UT, and the knuckleheads at Facebook, don't understand that the criminals don't care about the laws. I mean, how many times have you heard people say some variation of that? The criminals never obey the laws, and so what's the point um it, it is it is just an amazing amazing thing to see back to the last thing back to the the, the Bibles and bullets, or whatever the president said when he was a candidate, clinging to their guns and, and bibles you have to understand that this country was etched out of nothing. Uh, a lot of people have never, uh, you know, you've heard of the, the, the Revolutionary War, but way before that, two generations before that, there was something I would encourage you to go check it out. Um, you, you can find it on, you know, pretty decent articles, even on Wikipedia and some other things. Something called King Philip's War. It occurred where my parents are from in the Connecticut River Valley of Rhode Island. And it basically was the Native Americans or Indians, whatever we're calling them this week, uh, their last attempt to push these European uh, Christians back into the Atlantic Ocean. And it was um, men, women, and children. I mean, they were killing everybody. And it was men with the faith in their God and faith in their guns that won that war. And it, in, in terms of attrition, the most costly war in American history based upon the the Percentage of people that considered themselves at the time, uh, colonists of England, early Americans, uh, that population, based upon how many people died in that war, it, it was just – I mean, total town, whole towns were, were wiped out, and it did pave the way what would become the 13 colonies that would establish the foothold in North America that would become um, the great American country that we used to be from sea to shining sea, and I'm convinced we can be if we will simply start paying attention to some common sense. And there's no, there's no issue, I think, where people are more misinformed than on the issue of guns and so that's why we seek to do this show each and every week bringing you some clarity about not just firearms but how to purchase them correctly um, the things that you can purchase for them uh, I saw that beautiful picture on the Facebook page of that 50 caliber I think I knew I think I know who that belongs to I'm not gonna say it because I can't be sure uh, I'm gonna check if you see if you can get him on the show because um, yeah, I, I I think I know who purchased that that 50 caliber that had the uh, you know, surte on it um, and so I'm hoping we can get him on uh, and talk about that. I, I my only concern is I'm not sure where he's gonna shoot it. I don't know where you can shoot a fifty caliber uh Barrett rifle like that without, you know, passing through three or four counties, um, and stuff like that. So we'll have to find out. But I think I know who's who's a whose weapon that was. Anyway, folks, listen, don't forget, you've got Advanced Carry coming up on February 27th, and, of course, check out the McQueenie Gun Club website. Uh, There's a calendar there with all the upcoming classes. I know it's sometimes tricky to call the Gun Club because people are busy um, for stuff like that. Take take a look at the website. A lot of great information there, and you can get more information on uh, classes that are coming up. But I would really recommend that... If you have questions about concealed carry, advanced carry, um, any of the classes that we do, any of the things going on at the gun club, my number one recommendation is to go and visit. The gun club. If you live anywhere in New Braunfels and the surrounding area, it's not hard to get to um, Seguin, San Antonio, New Braunfels, San Marcos. Uh, it's not terribly difficult to get over to the gun club, and you can of course find a, a map. I just nowadays, just top of your phone. I mean, I I was in Dallas on Monday. I don't know Dallas in the metroplex all that well. I've never used so many turn-by-turn directions uh, on my phone as I did up in up in Dallas this past weekend. So. Um, Hopefully we'll have either Nick or Chris back with me next week. You've been listening to The Vigilant American, brought to you by the McQueenie Gun Club and Benelli Firearms. And until next week's speech, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye now. folks. <laughs> A